اعوذ باللہ من الشیطان الرجیم بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم آیا نمبر 20 ویقول الذین ویقول and he says who الذین آمنوا those people who believe meaning the believers say لولا why not نزلت it was sent down it was revealed سورتن اسورة why has asura not been sent down meaning when will it be sent down many surahs were being revealed what did they mean by this they meant asura that would allow us to fight back our enemy because up until this point the believers were told kuffu aidiyakum keep your hands to yourselves meaning do not assault in return do not even fight back do not even lift your hand up to defend yourself don't do that so now that the muslims had migrated to medina what happened they really wanted to stand up and defend themselves so they would wonder laula nuzilat surah fa idha so when unzilat it was actually sent down what suratun muhkamatun a surah that is muhkama muhkama from hukum muhkam muhkam is basically one that has a hukum one whose hukum is clear and muhkam mutashabih we have learned about these two categories right of the verses of the quran some verses are muhkam and others are mutashabih in surah ali imran it's mentioned one of the meanings of muhkam versus mutashabih is that muhkam are verses which are precise right very clear and unambiguous in their meaning in their wording meaning it's the command which is contained within those verses is obvious you couldn't misunderstand it even if you tried you couldn't the meaning is just obvious this is muhkam and mutashabih in contrast is that which is open to interpretation it's open to interpretation the word muhkam is from ihkam and ihkam is to do it qan to perfectly knit together to perfectly bring together so muhkamatun meaning specific clear unambiguous this kind of a surah was revealed and in that surah wa dhukira fiha qital and qital was mentioned in it meaning the command was obvious the believers were ordered to fight back and how many such verses were revealed in the quran many right so for example we see surah muhammad is one of those surahs in which there are many verses commanding the muslims to fight their enemy right and then there is also mentioned in surah hajj in surah baqara in surah an-nisa it's mentioned so faida unzilat surah muhkamatun wa dhukira fiha al-qital what happened then ra'ayta you would see alladhina fi qulubihim marad those people in whose hearts is a disease when they heard that surah What was their reaction? Yanzuruna ilayka. They were looking at you. How? Nadara. As the looking of al-maghshiyya alayhi min al-mawt. As the looking of a person who is overcome by death. Maghshiyya. Ghayn, sheen, waw. Ghishawa. Or ya, ghashiyya. To cover. Right? And maghshiyya. is one who has been covered one who is overcome maghshiyya alayhi 
the one who is covered with what? Min al-maut, with death, meaning with the pangs of death, with the stupor of death. This is how he begins to look at you. This is how he stares at you, as if someone just gave him the death sentence. This is how he looks at you. Allah says, فَأَوْلَى لَهُمْ So woe to them, a big woe to them, great destruction for them. For what? Why? Because of how he is reacting to the command of Allah. When Allah gives a command, even if that command is to fight back the enemy, to defend yourself, remember every single command is what? It's a source of khair for us. In Surah Al-Anfal, Ayah 24, we learn, يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا إِسْتَجِيبُوا لِلَّهِ وَلِلْرَسُولِ إِذَا دَعَاكُمْ لِمَا يُحِيِّكُمْ Respond to Allah and His Messenger when the Messenger calls you to that which brings you life. When you're called to something that will bring you life. Meaning every command is what? An invitation to a better life. That is what it is. So, those who respond in this way, as if they've been given the death sentence, and that is how they look at you, as if they're in the state of dying, they're suffering from the pangs of death, they're just staring in horror, because you see someone who is overcome by death, then it's as if his gaze is fixed. Right? It's just fixed. He's not able to move around. He's not able to do much. He's just lying down in one place. Eyes are fixed. Yeah, maybe he's not able to look in one direction. It happens. You know, it's as if nothing's coming out of his mouth. He's not able to express himself, not able to say anything because he's in so much pain. This is what happens to these people in whose hearts is a disease. When they're given a command, it's as if they're overcome by death. In this verse, the difference between a sincere believer and a hypocrite is mentioned. The person who believes, the person who believes, الَّذِينَ amanu, What do they want? What do they want? They want clarification. They want guidance. They want instruction. They want opportunities. Because they want improvement. They want to get closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So they're eager to learn about different things that they can do to earn Allah's pleasure. And a hypocrite, a person whose heart is diseased, what happens to him? When he is informed of an action, of an opportunity, to do something to earn Allah's approval, then what happens? He doesn't want to do it. So much so that the fear and the detestation is obvious on the face. In Surah Al-Ahzab, Ayah 19, it is mentioned, فَإِذَا جَاءَ الْخَوْفُ رَأَيْتَهُمْ يَنْظُرُونَ إِلَيْكَ تَدُورُ أَعْيُنُهُمْ كَالَّذِي يُغْشَى عَلَيْهِ مِنَ الْمَوْتِ Something similar is mentioned over there. Surah Nisa, Ayah 77, also something similar is mentioned. Now yes, this verse is specifically about battle. But extracting a lesson from this, what is it that we need to reflect on? Our reaction when we hear about a certain command of Allah. What is our response? Is it samirna wa ata'na? Is it alallahi tawakkalna? Or is it something else? How do I respond when I learn about something I have to do for the sake of Allah? What is my reaction? What is my first reaction rather? You know, for example, the month of Ramadan, before it came this year, it's been going on for a couple of years actually, few weeks before Ramadan, few months before Ramadan, people start fear-mongering. How is it going to work? How is it going to happen? 
Don't even think about it. Don't even talk about it. Yes, it's difficult. No doubt. Yes, it's hard. Very true. But it's about perspective. It's about the state of mind. We need to realize that anything we do in obedience to Allah is not out of our own strength and ability. It's because Allah gave us that strength and ability. This is what we mean when we say لا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله No one has the power to refrain from evil or the strength to do any good except by who? By Allah, meaning by His tawfiq. So it's about the state of mind. It's about perspective. Yes, Mariam? So when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is calling us to follow His commands, He's actually telling us that He wants to remove the burdens on us yes. because He knows we've been created weak. Exactly. And if we do the opposite, then we're... We're putting ourselves in difficulty. right? We think sometimes that obeying Allah Following a certain command will be difficult. But Allah says, يُرِيدُ اللَّهُ أَن يُخَفِّفَ عَنْكُمْ He wants to lighten the burden from you. This is why He's giving you this command. He wants to make things easier for you. Because He knows. وَخُلِقَ الْإِنسَانُ ضَعِيفَ He has created the human being as weak. Right? So Allah knows our weakness. And He is giving us these commands for our good. And when we turn away, then who are we harming? Who are we harming? Ourselves. This is similar to how in school if you find out you have an assignment coming up and you've done zero readings. right? You have a test coming up and you've done zero readings, then what happens? Some people, it's as if they've been given the death sentence. right? You can see the fear on the face. right? But even that is what? I mean, be grateful that there is a test coming up because of which you'll force yourself to study, otherwise you never study. Right? So, we need to think about our response, our reaction, when we learn about the commands of Allah. You know, sometimes we say things like, I know it's there, but I'm not ready yet. I know I'm supposed to do it. I'm not ready yet. When are we going to be ready? When are we going to be ready? If we keep delaying and delaying, then when are we going to be ready? Allah says, فَأَوْلَى لَهُمْ أَوْلَى this is understood in two ways. Firstly, awla from wail. Wail meaning destruction. So awla, much destruction. Much destruction. A lot of destruction. Why? Because they're turning away from that which will bring them life. Secondly, awla lahum is from the root letters waulam ya, wali, which means qurb, closeness. So awla, more more suited, better suited, more appropriate, closer to correctness, awla lahum, more appropriate, would have been ta'atun wa qawlum ma'roof. Obedience and good words. This would have been a much better reaction. As opposed to looking in horror as if a person is overcome by death. What would have been much better? Ta'atun, obedience, meaning to the command, وَقَوْلٌ معروف, and good words, meaning saying words which are appropriate, words of acceptance, of submission, of tawakkul on Allah. This is what they should have done. This would have been better for them if they had responded in this way. فَإِذَا So when عَزَمَ الْأَمْرُ عَزَمَ It was determined. الْأَمْرُ The command, the matter. Meaning the command of fighting, the matter of fighting was settled. It was done. Meaning it's done basically. The enemy is approaching. 
فَلَوْ صَدَقُ اللَّهَ Then at that time, when it was time to go to battle, if at that time, if they were truthful to Allah, لَكَانَ خَيْرًا لَهُمْ It would have been better for them. Truthful to Allah, how? In fulfilling, in, in staying true to their word. Because previously, they had been saying, Yes, we will obey. Yes, we will obey. طَاعَةٌ وَقَوْلٌ مَعْرُوفٌ But now, عَزَمَ الْأَمْرُ The matter of fighting is done, it's resolved, meaning it is time to go to battle. What would be appropriate for these people who have been saying, we will obey, we will obey? What should they do at this point? Prove their words true. فَلَوْ صَدَقُوا اللَّهَ لَكَانَ خَيْرًا لَهُمْ So what do we learn over here? Until the command did not come. The hypocrites used to make great claims along with the believers. What? That if there is a battle, we will do this, we will do this. But when the situation arose, they tried to escape. What's the lesson? When the command of Allah comes, then how should we respond? Say a word that is ma'roof, qawlum ma'roof. And show ta'a, intend ta'a. With the difficulty. Yes, it's difficult. And you see, whenever a challenge comes up, what you say at that time will affect your thinking. How you respond at that time will affect your thinking and your you know, course of action for the entire duration. So for example, you're fasting. And in the morning when you wake up, you start complaining about thirst. Oh, I'm so thirsty today. I don't know how I'm going to do it today. I'm so tired. I'm so this. I'm so. If you keep talking about the fact that you're thirsty, how is your fast going to be? Thirsty. How are you going to be all day? Very, very thirsty. But you know you're thirsty. And you say, قَوْلٌ maruf at that time. You say, inshallah. Inshallah. Right? And then you show ta'a. Then what will happen? You'll make it. You'll do it. You'll be fine. Whatever it is that we focus on becomes big. Big in front of our eyes. So when something difficult, when a challenge comes before us, what we need to focus on is the help of Allah. The tawfiq of Allah. Say qawlun ma'roof, appropriate words, and show ta'a. Another thing we need to reflect on over here is that we all claim to be obedient to Allah. Or we all say that we should be obedient to Allah. We talk about it a lot. The importance of obeying Allah. The importance of following the Qur'an. Let's show it in our actions also. فَهَلْ so would عَسَيْتُمْ Perhaps you. فَهَلْ عَسَيْتُمْ So would you perhaps. This means لَعَلَّكُمْ Meaning, may it not be the case with you. فَهَلْ عَسَيْتُمْ Meaning, it is possible that you. إِن تَوَلَّيْتُمْ if you turned away, meaning if you turned away from Allah's command to rise up and defend your religion and remain steadfast on it, you turn away from the command to fight basically, what would happen? Perhaps, antufsidu fil ard, that you will spread corruption in the earth. And you will cut up arhamakum, your relationships. You will sever the ties of relationship. This is what might happen. Meaning if you turn away from the command to fight, 
then what will happen? You would revert to your old ways of fasad. You would revert, you would go back to your old ways of fasad fil ard, severing ties of kinship. There's another interpretation of this ayah. And that is, that فَهَلْ عَسَيْتُمْ So would you perhaps, meaning it is possible that you, إِن تَوَلَّيْتُمْ If you are given wilaya, meaning you are given authority and charge and leadership. If you are given authority, meaning you're given victory basically, without having to go through these tests and trials. If victory comes too easy, then what will happen? أَنْتُفْسِدُوا فِي الْأَرْضِ You're going to spread corruption in the land. Meaning instead of islah, you would commit injustice. وَتُقَطِّعُوا أَرْحَامَكُمْ And you would sever the ties of relationship. Meaning that power would blind you to this extent that you would start committing aggression. What's the message of this ayah? You don't like the command to fight? Why are you being given this command anyway? What's the reason? Think about it. Firstly, to defend your religion. And if you turn away from defending it, what will happen to you down the road? Your moral situation would deteriorate. You would go back to your old ways. If you don't defend your religion today, you let your enemy attack you and attack you and destroy you and destroy you, what's going to happen? Within a couple of years, you're going to lose what you have. This deen is going to be lost. And then what will be your situation? You will be spreading fasad on the earth just as you were doing before Islam. You would sever ties of kinship just as you were doing before Islam. So in other words, if you don't defend your religion, you're harming yourself. If you don't defend your religion, you're going to suffer. Secondly, why are you being ordered to fight? So that you may strive for your religion. This freedom of religion is not coming easy to you. Why? So that you strive for your deen, so that you value it. Through your struggle, you would get the necessary training. Allah can give you victory over your enemy without you having to fight. Right? If you think about it, was Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala not capable of granting victory to the Prophet ﷺ within a day? Of course He was. Allah can say, Kun, and all these enemies in Makkah would finish. That's it. Isn't it? It could happen in an instant, in a minute. But it happened over many, many years. Why? Because through the struggle, the believers were trained. Because when power comes too easy, it can really blind a person. A person forgets humility. When a person has not suffered himself, he cannot understand the suffering of others. You understand? When you haven't gone through hard times yourself, then you cannot care about the hard times that other people are going through. You know, like somebody said that. I don't know if it's true, but one of the queens, long time ago, went somewhere and the peasants, they were revolting. And she's like, what's the matter? And they're saying that they don't have bread. Right? And she said, well, why don't they have cake? They don't have bread, why don't they have cake? Well, if they can't afford bread, do you think they can afford cake? This is the thing. When power and luxury and victory and success comes too easy, you lose empathy basically. Because you haven't suffered yourself, you don't know what it means to suffer. And instead of islah, then a person does fasad. 
And we see this. I mean, look at how the Khulafa Rashidun were. Look at how Abu Bakr anhu, Umar anhu, Uthman anhu, Ali anhu were. What kind of Khulafa they were. What kind of leaders they were. Humble. Humble. Caring. Concerned. Why? Because they had struggled for Islam. They had gone through the training. And then we see that later generations, down the road, what happened? Islam came too easy to the people. And so, while they were Muslim leaders, they were committing haram in their palaces. Right? Why? Because Islam came too easy. It came too easy. While they were Muslim leaders, there was a lot of injustice being committed in front of their eyes. But they didn't really care. Instead of mending relationships, they were breaking, destroying relationships. So here the wisdom behind the command to fight is mentioned. Why is it that you've been ordered to fight? So that you defend your religion because your religion is essential for you to remain morally upright. Allah has sent this deen for your hidayah. And if you don't preserve this deen, you're going to lose hidayah then you will be spreading fasad on the earth, just as the angels had predicted. Right? And then secondly, why? Allah can give you victory in an instant. But He's making you go through the struggle, because the struggle is going to teach you, it's going to train you. It's going to keep your intention sincere. It's going to keep you humble. Yes? It's kind of like how um, in the West you find the really good Muslims, mashallah, like compared to the Muslim majority countries, you know, because we have to struggle for our deen here, you know, uh, to preserve it, to keep it, to hold on to it and stuff. And we're questioned about it. And over there it's like, oh, we're all Muslims, so it's okay. I mean, compare any Muslim minority population with the Muslim majority population. Generally, there is a difference in commitment to the deen and the love for the deen. Why? Because for one group of people, it's very hard to cling to the deen. And for another group of people, it's very easy. Right? So how should we view difficulties in life then? How should we view difficulties in life? Because sometimes we want things to come to us so easy. Like, I've been making dua for it. Come on, don't I deserve it? Why does it have to be so hard? Yes. Exactly. Difficulties are basically training us. Ula'ika, those people, meaning the agents of corruption, those who turn away from Allah's command, and then they spread fasad, and they sever ties of kinship, they are people who الَّذِينَ لَعَنَهُمُ اللَّهِ Those whom Allah has cursed. They are far from Allah's mercy. فَأَصَمَّهُمْ So He has deafened them. He has made them deaf. أَصَمَّ Make someone deaf. وَعَمِي He has made blind أَبْصَارَهُمْ Their vision. أَبْصَار Plural of بَصَر He has made them deaf and He has made their vision blind. So they do not understand what they hear and they do not learn from what they see. Then the hearts become so hard. Of who? Of people who do fasad in the earth. أَفَلَا يَتَدَبَّرُونَ الْقُرْآنَ Then do they not reflect on the Qur'an? أَمْ عَلَى قُلُوبٍ Or upon hearts are أَقْفَالُهَا Their locks. أَقْفَال Plural of the word. قُفْل قَافَالَام And what does it mean? Lock. Akfaluha locks of the hearts, meaning those locks that prevent the heart 
from reflection that don't allow the heart to open up. Because what does a lock do? Closes something, right? So doesn't allow the heart to open up, to think, to accept, to absorb. Are their hearts sealed shut? Why don't they reflect on the Qur'an? Meaning, what has made them turn away from Allah's command? Don't they reflect on the Qur'an? How could they turn away from the commands of Allah when the commands of Allah are so clear? They should reflect on the Qur'an. يَتَدَبَّرُونَ from تَدَبُّر What does تَدَبُّر mean? Allah has sent the Qur'an, why? لِيَدَبَّرُوا آيَاتِ So that people reflect on the verses, correct? What does تَدَبُّر mean? تَدَبُّر basically is to pause, to stop at the verses. Meaning when a person is reading verses, he is reciting the verses of the Qur'an, he stops, he pauses in the middle, and he thinks about them. He reflects upon how he can benefit from them in order to act upon them. So basically, tadabbur is the effort to benefit from the Qur'an. That is what tadabbur is. You're not just reading for the sake of completing the page, for the sake of completing the surah. You're reading in order to be affected from the Qur'an, in order to take benefit from the Qur'an. And how are you going to take benefit from the Qur'an when you stop and think and reflect? Alright? Ibn Qayyim said that tadabbur means to read through the beginning and the last portion. So for example, one surah, you read all of it. You take the whole picture. Alright? And then, read again. So not just once, but again and again. Because the word tadabbur on the structure of tafa'ul, what does it mean? To do something again and again. Like in the Qur'an we learn, يَتَجَرَّعُهُ تَجَرُّعُ To take one sip after another. To take one sip after another. So tadabbur, to reflect deeply, repeatedly, taking time, bit after bit. Because Qur'an is for amal. It is to act upon. Correct? And for amal, Tadabbur is necessary. So basically, Tadabbur is the link between ilm and amal. If you want to transform your knowledge into action, then what is necessary in the middle? What is necessary in the middle? Tadabbur, reflection, deep reflection, repeated reflection. Tadabbur is from Dubur, Dal Ra. And Dubur is the back of something. So when a person is reflecting on the meaning of the Qur'an, what is he doing? He's following the back. As in, you know, just as somebody's in front of you, you're following their back. You're not leaving them. So, tadabbur is when a person reads a part of the Qur'an, he doesn't just read it and leave it. No, he reads it, and then he reads it again. And then he thinks about it. And even when he's closed the book, he's following those verses in his mind, meaning he's thinking about them. In Surah Sa'd, Ayah 29, Allah says, كِتَابٌ أَنزَلْنَاهُ إِلَيْكَ مُبَارَكٌ لِيَدَّبَّرُوا آيَاتِ This book has been revealed so people may reflect on it. Remember that there are two pillars of tadabbur. There are two parts to tadabbur. The first is الرُّكْنْ النَّظَرِ So basically, understanding the text. The theory part. Learning about the tafsir. 
What does this mean? This includes the word analysis, looking at the hadith, looking at other verses. Understand the meaning of the verses, the theory part. And then the other is الرُّكُنْ amali, To focus on the amal. That okay, this is the ayah, this is the meaning. Now, what do I get from this? What lesson can I get from this? Allah says, أَفَلَا يَتَدَبَّرُونَ الْقُرْآنِ Will they not reflect on the Qur'an? It's a question. So what should the answer be? Yes, we will. Yes, we will. That as we read, we will reflect. So we can reach from ilm to amal. As we read, we will learn the meaning, the theory, the explanation. But then we will also focus on the practical lessons. Because Qur'an is for amal. Ka'b al-Ahbar, he said, hold fast to the Qur'an, for it sharpens the intellect. Meaning, hold fast to it as it read it, and then read it again, and again, and again, and reflect on it. And the more you do it, the more your intellect will be sharpened. It is the light of wisdom and a source of knowledge. It is the most recent of the books revealed by the most merciful. Allah revealed in the Torah, that, O oh Muhammad wasallam, I will reveal upon you a new book which will open blind eyes, deaf ears, and heedless hearts. So what is it that opens the heart, that unlocks the heart? It's reflection upon the Qur'an. So, أَفَلَا يَتَدَبَّرُونَ الْقُرْآنَ أَمْ عَلَىٰ قُلُوبٍ أَقْفَالُهَا Look at the context. People are having difficulty following the command. What does Allah say? Reflect on the Qur'an. Reflect on the Qur'an and obedience will become easy. Qawlum ma'roof will become easy. Because when you reflect on the Qur'an, what is it that is fixed? Your mindset, your thinking. Right? Your heart. And when the heart changes, when the heart is transformed, then everything is fixed. So if you find lack of amal in yourself, then reflect on the Qur'an and reflect some more. Let's listen to the recitation of these verses. وَيَقُولُ الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا لَوْلَا نُزِّلَتْ سُورَةٌ فَإِذَا أُنزِلَتْ سُورَةٌ مُحْكَمَةٌ وَذُكِرَ فِيهَا الْقِتَالُ رَأَيْتَ الَّذِينَ فِي قُلُوبِهِمْ مَرَضٌ يَنْظُرُونَ إِلَيْكَ نَظَرَ الْمَغْشِيِّ عَلَيْهِ مِنَ الْمَوْتِ فَأَوْلَى لَهُمْ ارحامكم Ulaika <laughs> 